<laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is Berry Flow Upstream number 28. If my math is serving me correctly, that makes this uh, our seventh month milestone of Berry Flow Upstream straight. We've been going and going every week, at least trying to get out there for you guys. So kudos to us, claps all around. Uh, my name is James, editor-in-chief of Berry Flow. I'm, I'm rocking our awesome new shirt designed by Pooter Mobile. I'm here with uh, the, the crew. We've got Alex. He's a front-end developer. How you doing? What's up? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. That, that Chris, he's a high-class, high-talent BlackBerry aficionado. How you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? And we've got a we've even got a BlackBerry sales rep here, uh, Ronell. How you doing, bud? I'm all right. Doing okay. Excellent. Great to hear, guys. Let's get started. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we hit launch events, earnings calls, lots of good stuff to kind of grind over. Uh, let's start with the. You know, let's talk about the BlackBerry launch event in New York. I think that's going to be kind of the centerpiece for all the news we're going to be discussing. I actually flew over to New York, spent some time with Jubei while I was over there. Um, spent about a week in total, stayed a couple days before, a couple days after the event. Uh, was able to pick up one of uh, these classics for review purposes. I'm really liking it so far, uh, as opposed to the Passport device, which I've been uh, rocking of late. Um, really interested in the classic, that the event was really, really low-key, maybe about 100 maybe a little bit more press members. Cipriani was the venue over in New York. Fantastic. This place was gorgeous. I've got some photos I'm going to be putting in a from the editor's desk uh, later on in the week. But man, guys, if you were there, this this venue was gorgeous. It looked like the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> it was hand-painted ceilings, all that stuff. It was really phenomenal. Very, very tight, very intimate. It sounds like a lot of some of the other events, Alex, you mentioned being at the Passport event, it was a very kind of tight-knit, intimate group, very social. Uh, this event was no different. You walked in, uh, leather loungers throughout. Um, you really got to sit down, be comfortable, and enjoy the event. The acoustics were awesome in the atrium there. Just a really, really good time. Um, the, the news wasn't super exciting. I mean, we're, we're announcing the classic of, of all these things, kind of this throwback device. Uh, so some people were tweeting, you know, this event should have been held on Thursday, not Wednesday to kind of capitalize on Throwback Thursday and, and the hashtag and all that. But all over a very, very uh, nice event. And we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that. From you guys, did any of you guys catch the live stream? Uh, what did you catch on your end? Oh, I caught a lot of lag. That's what I caught. I think I, I, I got to see about 15 minutes of it, and I had like three browsers open constantly trying to connect to it in various different ways. And quite disappointing. Um, I really wish they did a better job with that. So I woke up early and missed 90% of it due to that. Same. Yeah. You guys had a similar experience? Um, it's weird because like half of every, like 90% of everybody was having a good time watching it, and me and Alex were stuck. Trying and never got to right? I was the same thing. I opened Chrome, I opened Firefox, and I opened Internet Explorer. Yeah. It wasn't working, so I didn't get to see half of it either, but oh well. Chris, what about you? Did you have a similar experience? Because it's not looking good right now. Unfortunately, for the most part, I only caught about the last 10 minutes of it because I had the same problem trying to get it to run on mine. But, uh, at least caught the you know tail end of it. You know, I had spoken with some BlackBerry representatives there at the event, you know, right after it happened, and they said that there was a lot of viewership live. So I wonder if they, a little bit more than they anticipated. Really? Which, which I think is, it speaks to some of the interest that they have for a device like this. Supposedly a lot of people were actually live viewing in, so it's unfortunate you guys had such a kind of stodgy, you know, patched experience there. 
but you didn't miss much. You <laughs> you really didn't. Um, as as much as I, I you know you can go rewatch it now if you're interested, but. There honestly wasn't a lot to be missed. They rehashed a lot of the Enterprise stuff that was announced at the Bez 12 event. And really, Jeff Gadway really focused on just showing off the classic and the refinements and key choices that they made in its design and development. Before we go on, I just want to welcome Brandon. He's kind of getting set up right now. How you doing, bud? <laughs> so, it doesn't look like we can hear you, Brandon. Might have to plug in the mic. <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll move on a little bit from there. Um, Let's talk about the actual classic device. Ronell has one. I've got one as well. I think we're the only ones right now on air that have one. Ronell, tell me a little bit about the feedback you've been getting in store and in your own personal uses with the device. Um, personal usage-wise, um, I, I couldn't switch from the Passport to the Classic as a daily driver. Uh, the bigger, the smaller screen, I should say, on the Classic is just I couldn't do the switch, right? I mean, I used the bold before, the older bold, and going for a passport and then going backwards, like, it, it wasn't an option for me, right? And the specs, the screen, the battery life, all that, I, mean, I, I couldn't make the switch. But, I mean, I've used the device as, as a demo phone and talking to customers about it, and, I mean, I think it's an amazing device for everybody who, who likes a smaller screen and a smaller device um, with the keyboard and everything 100%. So overall, you know what, depending on the person, it's an amazing device. I like the look of it. I like how it works, but Passport for me still. Passport. Yeah, I, I find myself in between. I've, I've used the Classic, and I love some of the things it offers. I love the one-handed ease of use. I mean, you can literally do 95% of your tasks on this phone, the Classic, with just one hand, and the trackpad really brings that to life. You can get to every corner, nook, and cranny of the OS with that trackpad, and they've done a fantastic job integrating it. I've got to say, they didn't just kind of throw the trackpad on there haphazardly. They spent the time and built out the OS to really make it a tailored experience. I mean, it's awesome. Even the BlackBerry menu key is usable to select items. There's really, really nice refinements all across. You can manipulate active frames with the trackpad. You can manipulate overflow options with the trackpad. You really have just done a remarkable job. I think anyone moving from a 9900 would appreciate the new phone and what it has to offer. Uh, BlackBerry came out with some marketing lingo and, and videos alongside the, the uh, launch event. Um, they had one that was what is classic and another one about your power upgraded. And, and I really think the classic holds true to that that it is kind of that quintessential BlackBerry experience upgraded, you know, no more black clock, no more questions about the app support, no more small screen, no more small battery. They really have taken the best of what you love about the Blackberries of old and brought them into a modern day. And, and BlackBerry 10 is a, a huge testament to the modernization of that platform. I mean, I don't think the Classic would be nearly as successful if it didn't have 10.3.1 out of the box, which is a talking point we'll have later on because a lot of people are wondering, you know, when am I going to get it for my device? I've been waiting and waiting. Uh, well, we will get there. We will get there. Um, let's move on a little bit. I just want to cover some of the top news, and we'll rehash back on some of our outlook on impressions. Um, do you guys hear about any of the Q3 earnings re reports from Friday? Yeah. Um, in terms of revenue down, and that's the most key thing that I heard, and then, you know, the cash uh, cash flow positive, which is still good. Um, those are the key takeaways I took, at least for for me. Right, what I care about. There were there were a few things I think a lot of um, 
especially stockholders, would be interested in seeing. So they reported essentially $793 million of revenue, and that was below expectations. They were reporting to – they were going to try to report about right under a million dollars revenue, and they actually came in under that. So uh, it's interesting to see that they kind of hit on that mark, so to speak. They had this – they're trying to come closer. They missed at about 15% overall on the market. Um, that's why the stock was actually down six six percent on the earnings call day. Um, it, it's gone back up a little bit since then. Overall, though, they are in the black. They did have a positive cash flow uh, and profitability scheme coming through here. It's interesting to see that hardware at this point is profitable. It's very very slight, but it is profitable for them. So yes, the service revenue is still declining. That's why the stock market is a little bit jostled by the whole thing. But overall. It, Year over year, they've gotten rid of almost all of their hardware, about 90% of their legacy inventories. So really, we're only looking at sell-through at this point. So everything that's going to get reported out is actually going to be profit for them. It's great to see. At least it's going to be sell-through, and they're working on those margins. Right now, they do have a higher margin on software, and that is declining because of the legacy users. And really, if you look at the scale for which it's been in decline, we're talking about maybe $30 million BlackBerry legacy users out there, if not more, and this classic is aimed squarely at them. It's like, look, we've got a device for you. If you're not comfortable with the multi-gesture-based OS of BlackBerry 10, we've got a device to bridge that gap for you. So I'm excited about it. The earnings call, I think, was at least a positive look forward. They recognized only revenue on about 2 million devices, but we believe that about over 50%, about 65 of them were new BlackBerry 10 devices, not legacy. So it seems that yeah. that's hold, hold true. They are moving forward at least uh, with BlackBerry 10 as the, the dominant driver for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean they had you know 3.1 billion dollars cash on hand, and I think that's important too. They've they've kept that stable and consistent over the years, um, and they they did a lot of spending I think this past year, and they're still able to manage the 3.1 million cash on hand, which I think is a good thing at the very least. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they just spent, they just spent 1.1 billion on R and D. The fact that they haven't let that affect their their balance sheet too much is is very good to see. Distribution at this point is really going to look toward growth for them. If they can get these channels in play and really start pushing out these devices, they're going to start making money. It's it's a matter of controlling and stabilizing that. On Passport, Chen mentioned that he's got a four to six week cycle on build and production. He's trying to minimize that to bring that down. But when you look at that, there is going to be a cycle for which they have to be able to get these devices out. A quarter is only so much time. They really need to fly to get these devices out and into market. Um, what do you guys think overall on how the Passport is going to be received? I'm sure you guys have seen or watched some reviews or things therein. Um, what do you guys think the market's perception of Classic has been? It's been, at least from what I've seen, relatively positive. What say you guys? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, it's real, like my personal experience. It, it's pretty good. Um, I can say, uh, well, I'll speak from like what happened today. So I had a customer, and I think this is actually happening a lot. And Blackberries created their own problem in a way, if you want to call it, if you want to say it that way. Um, you got the classic, and then you have the passport, right? You have two amazing devices, right? You have older users who want to go for the full keyboard versus the Passport, which is a little bit wider, and but you have a lot better specs, so better screen, better battery life, um, you know, better hardware overall. So people are now looking at both devices, and they're having trouble 
figuring out which one to get. So you can see that as a positive or a negative. But, I mean, it's a good thing. If somebody doesn't get a passport, it's going to be a classic. And if somebody doesn't get a classic, it's going to be a passport. Um, so, so far, so good, I would think, in terms of reception for the classic. A lot of older people who have the bolds and the older blackberries are definitely going for it. You know, they like the look. Um, Blackberry 10 will get used to as the time goes on, so really positive. Yeah, I've, I've got a review on the device coming uh, sometime next week. I'm, I'm hoping, hoping before Friday. Um, and, and really, in the review, what I, I touch upon is what Ronell has just mentioned. It's a, a very nice transition to BlackBerry 10. As he said, you know, they'll get used to it in time because the Classic does make it kind of a no-nonsense type thing. The, the buttons do what they're supposed to, and they give you an easy out. So it's almost like an idiot-proof version of BlackBerry 10. You know, if you get lost in the gestures in the hub, if you get lost anywhere, there are buttons to help you get back. So it gives you that kind of comfort with BlackBerry 10 that maybe some users weren't able to have, and that's why they stuck with their legacy devices. A lot of people are kind of trying out Classic. I know we saw Drake. <laughs> uh, seems like he got a device, was posting it on his Instagram. Likely took the photo with his iPhone, but uh, good that he at least has one. You know, he's repping one for maybe personal use, has the iPhone for apps and maybe some other social stuff. Ultimately, I mean, there's still that gap there where people are carrying two phones or... You know, they're using one phone for one thing and one phone for another thing. Chris, do you think that the, the Classic can really bridge that gap for people? Offer I, one phone for both? Uh, well, uh, the Classic itself, I mean, if you take last year, the same quarter, how OS 7 devices outsold BB10 devices, and what this year, obviously, BB10 is being a lot more adopted, uh, I think the whole presence of the Classic device as has been, I would say, even more positive than what the Passport is. I mean, a lot of more online reviewers have been a lot more favorable of the device, considering, you know, what we're dealing with spec-wise. But it's it's like the, the media and the market knows it is a transition device. They know it's not for... It, it, it's like they accept that they know that BlackBerry is focused on that... OS 7 uh, core group that would be, you know, this targeted for. I just have to say it's 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 refreshing to see. It seems like a lot more positive news came out of the Classic launch than uh, as much as we liked the Passport than what the Passport launch was. I, I absolutely agree with you there, Chris. And, and it's interesting because Chen almost denounced that idea at the event. He mentions that, uh, you know, while, yes, the genesis of this device is with our legacy user base, like, yes, we built it for them, he expects a lot of people to look at that classic keyboard and be like, you know what, that's what I want. I'm tired of the touch screen. I'm tired of the typos. I'm tired of not being able to type two coherent sentences back to back. And that this device may attract some younger users as well who are really focused on communication and as well as mobile professionals around the world. I mean, there's a lot. He was speaking specifically with banks over in, in New York, and he said, that they told him, don't mess with my keyboard, don't mess with my trackpad, you know? And it's ultimately them copying to the fact that it's like, look, we built something, it was great, it was iconic, and we have to, you know, give a hat tip to it, so to speak. So it is interesting. It's almost as if they're looking back on their past and saying, that is our past, you know? And we acknowledge it, and we bring it into the future now with Classic. Kind of back to the future, so to speak. Brandon, uh, pipe up. Can, is your microphone working now? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's working now. I uh, I just updated my my MacBook to Mavericks like last week, and it's just been messing everything 
<laughs> J Software, everything. It's like the biggest nightmare ever. Maybe Blackberry. Uh, maybe Blackberry builds you a laptop sometime. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. In terms of the uh, classic, uh, my girlfriend, her mom has a Z10, and the second she heard about the classic, she's like, "I'm getting the classic." She was telling me last night. She's like, "Yeah, I just want to have the trackpad better and the keyboard. You know, like uh, the touchscreen is good, but I just need that keyboard and and the trackpad so it's easier to edit messages and stuff like that." So I think they're gonna get a lot of the uh, the keyboard faithful back with the classic, obviously. And I think, yeah, the classic, like we've mentioned numerous times, is a device that's gonna cater to the enterprise space. And I'd be, I think, the real interesting numbers are just gonna be the next quarterly numbers after the classic's been out in the wild a bit longer, and we'll see if there really is that enterprise uptake. Right, and we'll see more from Passport as well. I mean, yeah, Ch exactly. Chen mentioned at the event that the basically the interest overall in the classic device has been bigger than that of Passport. And we already have numbers for Passport. So we can kind of gauge already that this device is going to do pretty well for them. Um, it sold out of pre-orders. The Passport didn't. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one that there. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing. I was walking downtown Toronto in the financial district and every single store the day of the classic launch had classic models on display. Every wow. single every single uh, telco had them on display. I couldn't find a passport really, but but there were classics everywhere. So. And it's funny because you know Chen brought the guy from uh, I think it was the AT and T mobile mobile president, the mobile division president. And a lot of the questions were like, okay, great, we have AT and T on board. Where the hell is the passport device? Mm -hmm. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And uh, Chen more or less copped to the fact that it is going to be up to their release schedules. The, the, the holidays are a busy season for them. BlackBerry may have brought the device a little bit late, and that it just didn't meet a priority for them. Mm -hmm. So looking to be the first two months of the beginning of next year, January and February, yeah. uh, AT&T is said to have it in all its retail stores, and Verizon is said to be picking up the device as well. A bigger story there, I think, is AT&T having it in their retail stores. That's a big boon for BlackBerry's presence yeah. in North America. Yeah, I think the date December seventeenth was maybe a bit late. If they were hoping to get some, some crit like some consumers to get it for Christmas, but I mean, it's not really catered to them, uh, um, you know. So we'll see if it hits off running in the new year, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, he said if the if the classic does well, they're looking at bringing in some other color variants. And just like Passport, it came out black at first. They they gauged the demand and then said, all right, let's buy some inventory of different colors and, and different mm -hmm. variants. So very likely Passport is going to get some more colors. They mentioned bronze, a silver, and maybe a blue. So uh, very interesting to see. Uh, actually, at the event, they were selling some accessories for the Classic, and I actually picked up one of these. It's a, uh, it's a blue case. It looks pretty much black here. It's very dark. Mm -hmm. but you can see it's a very nice blue case. I'll, I have a, I'll show some pictures of it later. Is it hard case or rubber? No, it's a, it's a soft shell. Oh, soft shell. Okay. Soft shell. Since dropping my passport, I'm I'm giving no <laughs> I'm giving mm. no opportunity for that to happen again. So this actually covers all the corners. It looks very uh, nondescript. You, you can't really tell there's the case on, yeah. but there is. So uh, cool to see that. I want to show off some of the sizing here for our, our viewers on air. We have the classic here on my right. 
and this is the Dev Alpha C, more or less the Q10 on the left. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see the screen is a little bit bigger, 3.1 inch to 3.5 inch. So you're getting about 15% more screen real estate. Going comparing to the 9900, you're getting over a 60% screen real estate difference. So it's a lot more. Mm -hmm. on this device. It's a big device. If we hold it up to something, let's say, like the Z30, which I have here, you'll see it's, it's uh, pretty comparable in, in size, uh, in heft, yeah. and, and weight and distribution and all that. Uh, this Classic is actually heavier than the, the Z30, which is pretty phenomenal. It's a couple of grams less heavy than the Passport is. And that's one of the things that was kind of surprising me when I was looking at them at some of these stores is that you know I was expecting the Classic to be maybe kind of a more a smaller device so that people could, you know, really stick it in their pockets and stuff like that. But in reality, like you showed, it's it's basically the same size as the Z thirty. But um, does does the classic have a, a bigger battery than the the Z thirty? It does not. It has more or less the same battery, a little bit bigger than what was on the Z three, twenty five fifteen uh, for the battery size. So quite a quite an upgrade, about four hundred milliamps over the Q ten, which lasted people a good day. So you can kind of gauge that from there. You've also got a highly optimized ten point three point one to play with. Uh, so some good stuff going there on the battery department. It's lasted me at least. I mean, I haven't charged this thing in the last three days, and it's been fine. It's just been sitting Don't there. Don't lie, James. <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Have I been using it? No, but I haven't charged it in three days. <laughs> <laughs> and Juban, and I can talk about some horror stories with the classic, but we're not going we're gonna to gloss over that. Maybe we'll put that in the editor's... Uh, from the editor's guys, I, I wanted to uh, jump on quickly with the, with the classic device and speak a little bit on... The device not necessarily being the device that is trying to retain or pull back uh, legacy users. My argument uh, with such a device is that uh, when you think of an all-touch rectangular device with rounded edges, you iconically think of Apple. And when you think of a screen with a physical QWERTY device, you iconically think of BlackBerry. And Blackberries, you know, in the last couple of years, we talk about how their identity has been kind of lost and um, they need to reestablish who they were, their identity. And the classic is a representation of that. And when they came out with the device, now I, I anticipated everyone having a go at the classic when it was released because of subpar you know, specs and what have you. But that hasn't been the case. I, I mean, even BGR and even in The Verge, all these people are kind of really liking, they have nothing bad to say about the classic. Um, yeah, it, it may touch on their that soft spot in the heart because we all um, originated from BlackBerry one form or another. They did start that whole smartphone uh, you know, revolution, and the classic represents those days. But... There is a huge demand for QWERTY, physical QWERTY devices. And a lot of the responses, a lot of the commenters, and all these different websites are starting to uh, agree that BlackBerry releasing the Classic, it was the smartest move. Uh, not because they're going back to what they're good at as much as the market needs these devices. So um, that's been really encouraging. It's been really great to see that. And that's my argument with uh, the classic being released. It's it's not so much a device to trying to keep the legacy or trying to transition legacy users over to BB10 as much as BlackBerry establishing their iconic 
hardware division for what it is and what it will represent moving forward and uh, in the industry. I agree. It's it's a full circle. It's like they've come about to themselves. It's it's that acknowledgement of you know that's who we are. It's it's our DNA, and we have to acknowledge it. And it, it really is nice to see them kind of give a give the market a device that they don't question the passport. Why is it so big? What where's the numbers? You know why is there only three rows on the keyboard? You know the Z30. Why is BlackBerry building an all-touch device? I just want a keyboard. You know it really harkens back to that time where BlackBerry was popular. And ultimately, it does allow them to kind of look at the market and give them the device that they've always wanted, one way or another. Yeah, maybe you want it with better specs. Maybe you want this, you want that, but it gives it to you. And as Ronell mentioned, people are now going into stores, and it's like, if I don't want this QWERTY, I have this QWERTY. Now, I have the two options, and I'm going to leave the store satisfied one way or another because I've, I've got something you know, for me. But James, you know, you, you and I uh, were together when we went into a couple you know, uh, carrier stores here in the city, and, and there's just something just visually stimulating about that classic device, about the 9900, that people gravitate to when they see it physically. And that's what they expect. That's what's been in demand. And we already know that it's more in demand than outselling uh, the Passport in, in respects to that, you know. And <laughs> Brandon's digging a dig at your Islanders hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this Islanders hack was a gift from Kevin in our Berry Flow group. Um, he uh, he purchased for me when we were all hanging out here in the city as an early uh, Christmas gift. So he's That's not feeling too well. He was going to be on air. He's not feeling well. So I figured I'd wear it. Uh, as an yeah. Islander fan, and uh, for Kevin, that's something. That's something I have to say. Uh, we, you know, I was there for a week. I got to see a lot of the Berry Flow crew. I got to stay with Jube. Uh, we got to really hash. We talked so much shit about BlackBerry <laughs> all day, all day. We're eating, <laughs> just talking shit about BlackBerry. But no, uh, we got to see Kev. I got to see Marvin, Jay Blaze in our group as well. Really cool to kind of have some of the team together mingling. We got to go get some lunch with Kevin, and it was a, it was a good time overall. And BlackBerry being that cohesion between all of us, just just cool overall. No, I'm rocking the Santa hat. Uh, this is our first upstream before Christmas, mm. so we're kind of trying to be in the holiday spirit for everyone, <laughs> everyone on air. Uh, you you know, I, I looked at the classic device, and and I look forward to kind of where they're headed next. Do you guys see? a trackpad integrated into any other models of devices that they have coming? Or do you think this is going to be a stoic kind of throwback device built for this product line only? What are your thoughts? Um, I was going to say, um, it's, it's a possibility. I mean, everybody likes it so much. Well, I mean, why not bring it back? Um, some people were saying, why don't you put the classic and give it some of the passport power of a touch-enabled keyboard? That would be even. That would be the top line, right? So yeah, that that's that seems to me at least obvious what the classic two is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But well, but but honestly, Ronell, you have a classic. I have a classic, right? T tell me that there aren't too many input experiences already. I mean, you can yeah. use this thing and totally ignore the trackpad and tool belt. Like you can use the phone 100% without it being there. Just ignore it. It works just like a Q10 does. Right, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you got the word predictions, everything. Yet you do have another level of input experience. Imagine Which, by if they, the way, yeah. Uh, James over here, I like to say, um, kind of fell in love with my Q10. <laughs> totally unexpected. I have my Q10 laying around, and he couldn't put it down for some reason. Oh, that Q10. People give people give high and such shit, but like 
he was he was like, yo, we moved on. Like, we don't need the trackpad anymore. And the <laughs> users are like, no, we still want the trackpad. It's kind of one of those, like, catch-22 situations where you're trying to turn over a new leaf. You're trying to be new and innovative and show people you, you've changed. And yet it's like, we didn't want you to change. We wanted you but to you just do it to us. I mean, you, you said that, you know, the device, I mean, Apple wrote the book on this as far as making something idiot-proof. If people want it there, no matter how mundane it may seem or redundant, you know, put it there because that's what custom, that's what's in demand. And I, you know, with the classic, you have the options. Leave people the option. You can use the entire device with the tool belt, or you can use the whole entire device touchscreen only. For for classic yeah. for classic users out there, go into your device settings, go into input, and turn word predictions on. It's actually off by default on the Classic, but it's phenomenal to have. Q10 users, you're going to remember this as you type. That band above the keyboard has word predictions. You also have that on Classic. And really, I mean, with the trackpad, with the word predictions, with the full keyboard, with the alt key and the symbol key, you have literally every type of input you could want. It is phenomenal. And with a 3.5-inch screen, you get more or less the same kind of screen real estate, if not more, than what you get on an iPhone with the keyboard up. So keep that in mind. Again, this is a device you can use one-handed. You can use it on the go. You can get to every single key on the keyboard with ease without stretching or anything. It's really, really nice for one-handed use. You and it's said a really important little factor there, James, that BlackBerry did make a distinction on the show was the real estate, uh, screen uh, real estate with the classic. They say, oh, the, the screen is smaller than the iPhone. Technically, but as soon as you start typing on the iPhone, you lose half of that because of the virtual keyboard and in comparison in that dynamic the classic has bigger screen it does it does and it's it's got a nicer build quality this thing's this thing's a brick i mean 9900s are still being sold because those things are tanks and now the classic it's just it's like a classier version of a tank you know it's a it's a tank in a suit <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's a device definitely built for work, and, and that's what I really like about it. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of BlackBerry's core users. I know almost all of us, Brandon included, hate panels. We hate seeing people just sit and talk about a device and then leave. But they mm -hmm. did have a panel for the, uh, for the classic event, and there were just these guys dorking out about their love of the legacy devices and how much they're going to love the classic. You know, does, does that make or compel me as a, as a user to want to go to a BlackBerry? Well, no, I'm, I'm already on a BlackBerry. But I do think that a lot of that legacy base is going to see the device and be like, oh, man, i got to have it. That looks awesome. Uh, did any of you guys look at the comments on Drake's posting of the classic and just see what people were saying about it? Anyone? Who? <laughs> Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you don't know who that is, Jubei. <laughs> or refused. Well, that's the, 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 with, the, with the cupcakes, right? The, the duck? No? Okay. <laughs> You're giving Aubrey such shade right now. <laughs> I think a few people said that, you know, the comments were kind of as, as expected. Some people were like, oh, you know, I miss my BlackBerry. And then other people are like, oh, BlackBerry's still around. And, you know, you're going to get the mix of all of that anyway. People, people were tagging their friends on Drake's post being like, got it. We're going back to BlackBerry, Shannon. <laughs> we're going back to BlackBerry. It was amusing because... Ping on BlackBerry 10 doesn't actually work the way it used to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like Ping Squad for life will actually not so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody who uses Ping on BB10 no. anymore. Yo, that shit is the most annoying. Oh my god. Useless. Don't ping me. Don't ping me. I mean, you can ping me, but don't. 
Who's dog? Mm-hmm. I love how like it's kind of hidden with broadcast now. Like not many people are doing them because BlackBerry kind of hid it away, so people don't abuse it. Yeah. Right. Along with the with the launch events for the classic, they did announce an update for Blend. Did you guys happen to see that? Mm-hmm. Focusing mainly on uh things f- for enterprise, and they're working to kind of bundle Blend in an enterprise sense as part of their Bez offering. Now they've got bundled services where you can get BBM protected Blend and BBM meetings and a couple of different carrier uh, additives there as well. It's pretty cool. Uh, now that Blend is quasi-available for everyone, if you're on, running a leak and you download the latest Blend, you can actually use it. Anyone new to Blend actually using it? I know uh, Alex wasn't able to switch over from his Passport device, and he's been rocking his Z30. Uh, are you using Blend? You're on your desktop a lot. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. I hear you've been on the webcam a lot. Tell us about it. <laughs> Yeah, so Blend has just been nice in the fact where I haven't had to really pick up my phone since um, since getting it. I could type a lot quicker on my computer than I can on my phone, but um, one thing that, that has bugged me is like I could interact with people and read messages on Blend, but it's still marked as like unread on my phone. So if I have like 100 emails that come in and I do stuff with them on Blend, my phone still has 100 unread emails, and I feel like I need to... Uh, mark them all as right. It's just kind of like annoying in that regard, but just using BBM through Blend and, you know, dealing with text messages is just so much easier. I, I don't have to break my workflow going from doing something on the computer, say working, then picking up my phone and dealing with it, and I get these nice little notifications that pop up on the screen so I could quickly skim a message from a BBM and know if it's an immediate thing that I need to act to Whereas the old way, I'd hear a ding, pick up my phone, and I could have seen right there, oh, it's not that important. This just makes it easier. If only they built Tinder into the hub for you or into the <laughs> Then you'd be you'd be swiping swiping girls off. So like, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Barker, we need to get on that. That's a major enterprise necessity for us here at Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move on. Let's, we, we're going to talk about it in more in a conversational way. I just want to run through the news real quick. Jubei's going to uh, catch us up on some of our channel comments as well. Ocean Capital Investments moving from Mobile Iron over to Bez12. They're buying some classics. They're buying some passports. Some some bolstered news there as well. BlackBerry announced support for Bez12 on Lollipop, Android 5.0. So they're keeping up with the latest mainstream releases, making sure that Bez12 is available as an enterprise EMM platform across almost every device. Um, so it's good that they're keeping their focus up. Uh, you know, they are Blend for Enterprise updated. It now supports timed messages, BBM uh, retractions. It supports co- corporate liable devices as well. You can attach files from now your Android tablet in the latest Blend update. There's been security improvements across the board and as well support for BBM protected inside of Blend. So those are just a rundown of some of the updates as well. There was EMM partnerships announced with Ingram Micro. As well, we heard about Vodafone buying in with BlackBerry as well. And then now, as I mentioned earlier, they have those enterprise communicator bundle deals where through your carrier you can get some bundles to buy BlackBerry services. Some of those services can be bundled without the need of a Bez. So you can actually get BBM meetings, Blend, and BBM protected without Bez under an enterprise bundle. So keep that in mind. Pretty interesting that they're empowering people to use BBM without a Bez. Think about that. It's a lot of, you know, keeping open to a different revenue streams. So two different things are going to be available there. Pretty cool to see. Moving on, Jan, John Chen talking about 99% success optimism. Uh, Alex or Brandon, did either of you guys happen to see the video from Bloomberg? 
I didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, Chen, I think he's kind of just frustrated with, with a lot of what people have been saying because, you know, he even said that like he's he's constantly been telling us how long this turnaround, turnaround is going to take, and he's really been, you know, on the dot with that. He hasn't really been under-promising. Um, in some regards, he's been over-promising. The fact that he's gone from a 50-50%, like, this could fail or this could not, now that he just says, you know, I'm at 99%. The only reason he said 99% um, in the interview was because he said, you know, I don't want to jinx it and say 100% because when you do that, then, you know, there's always that thing that's going to end up happening and it'll destroy you. So he just had to say 99%. He's pretty confident. I mean, the the issue with the revenue was that everybody, all the investors were all worried about declining revenues from legacy devices, BIS, all that stuff, them losing money through there. And I guess, like, even though they did, they didn't, there was a lot of key areas within the financial report that they did well on, the revenue whether merited or not, um, kind of brought a lot of people into questioning whether the turnaround is being successful or not. So I guess uh, I personally think that it's, it's going well. The revenue, although the revenue was lower than expected, the overall numbers weren't too bad. Um, I don't know what you think, Alex. I personally didn't see it too bad, but as maybe some of these other companies who had expected $900 million Dollar revenue stream as opposed to what was it, 700 million? Then, yeah, I, think like yeah I mean, that's a pretty big miss, but then again, that whole, that whole expected revenue was kind of manufactured from a whole bunch of investors expecting that without John Chen actually saying it. So, I yeah. mean, it's a whole bunch of it's a volatile stock. You have people who are just, you know, making guesses left and right, and then eventually a whole bunch of people eventually come to a consensus on what they believe might be the outcome of the stock and what they believe would be a positive or negative thing for the stock come report time. And that's just what we saw here. Right. They see revenue down and they, they freak out and yeah. they, they start moving some of their shares around. You know, ultimately, mm -hmm. they post profitability. I mean, yeah. It may be minuscule at this point, especially in the grander scheme, but they've pulled themselves out of the hole. They're back in the and, black, and they're going forward. And that's the thing. It's like they're not – like they they're, they they pulled out a profit in this term, and it's like I guess a whole bunch of people are just worried that the amount of actual future profit that they can achieve based on what they're doing might not be as high as what they expect, and I think that's the only thing here. The fallout has been quick. I mean, they're dropping revenue substantially, mm -hmm. especially from the service access fees of old. So yeah, you know, they have to sell hardware. They got to get new devices in the hand. They got to sell new software and services. It's going to be a grind, but I do expect them to be able to hit that mark. I want to touch a little bit on, as we're speaking about Chen here, a little bit about what he mentioned for the future. You know, classic, great. It's here. It's it's here for those users who have been waiting for it for maybe a year or longer. But let's talk about Consumer Electronics Show, and let's talk about Mobile World Congress. I think those are two important key facets at the BlackBerry event over in New York and, and in Frankfurt and Singapore as well. They mentioned um, that they are going to be at CES. They're going to be showing off a Maserati with the QNX concept car, so that's going to be hot. I mean, they showed off a Mercedes the last year, Bentley the year before, Porsche the year before that, Corvette the year before. So, you know, they've got a long history of awesome cars that they can be uh, showing off with their QNX. Um, 
They mentioned as well they're going to outline the roadmap for IoT, so give us some kind of roadmap toward that end to see what they're going to be doing with Project Ion, laying perhaps some of the partners out there as well. And they're also going to be talking later toward Mobile World Congress about giving a 2015 device roadmap. So that'll be cool to see. They're going to actually be showing us what devices they bring. Do you guys think they're going to do another year of about three devices, or do you think they're going to go and maybe give us a, an extra device, go like the original year of launch, BlackBerry 10, and go for four devices? What are your thoughts, Ronell? Um, It's hard to say. I mean... I think they're basing it on um, the demand that they've seen for the devices this year. So they've tried the big Passport, they've tried the Classic, they have um, the Z3, right? So I think it's going to be three devices, and maybe later in the year they got that last device, which they want to decide whether or not to launch or not. Um, in terms of Mobile World Conference, I'm, like, i I got to count down for that date because I can't wait to... To see and hear what what they got planned and, and what they're working on, you know what I mean. If it's full touch or it's gonna be one of those newer passport kind of big ideas, something that nobody else has. I'm looking forward to hearing what they got to offer for the on that end, right? So um, yeah, probably around three and optional four. I, I want to do a correction here, not on you but on another website. N4BB put out something on the Gladiator, uh, the BlackBerry Gladiator. And it was in response to an interview that John Chen had done with, uh, I want to say it was CNN or Bloomberg, one of those media outlets. And uh, he says that we're working on a big piece of software that's going to help change the game and you know allow people to use one device and not have to go back and forth between two. I guess that was inferred as a new device coming sometime in 2014, uh, 2015 in June. That's not the case. He, Chen specifically says this is going to be a piece of software that we're going to be offering to help change the game in that respect. So if you think about it, guys, what kind of software, I know you're thinking Mover to SecuSmart right now, what kind of software do you think is going to allow people to finally ditch their iPhones? Black. Black, Blackberry 10 OS? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly thought about it for a while, and I thought back to that, that email and article Alex was supposed to do but never did. Maybe he'll do it one of these days. It was about premium blend and oh, yeah. talking talking about blending <laughs> to a phone. So imagine now you have your BlackBerry device for work, but you want to use your iPhone. You know there may be an app on there you want to use for the day. Imagine being able to blend your BlackBerry to your iPhone and then being able to go throughout your day, be able to have literally one phone. And you're talking about software. Maybe they've got something totally out of the box that they're working on. It's going to be an innovative facet there. Maybe it's something with Movertu that you're able to have multiple SIMs on one phone in a more consumer sense. But what, what I just wanted to pick you guys' brains. What do you guys think could be this Gladiator-type software innovative feature coming from BlackBerry that allows people to abandon the need of two phones? Uh, I, I was just thinking that to myself. That's... Uh... SecuSmart acquisition, right? They haven't really Im implemented that, right? Correct? It, they've been set partners with SecuSmart for the past 10 years. So right. they, they've been working with them, implementing it already. Okay. And what about the, the, the having two numbers on one phone? That, yep, they, that's not they Work Life it has, since the Bez 12 launch, it's been available with Mover2. Work Mover Life is what they're calling it. They sell that already. They sell that today alongside Bez 12. 
Oh, let me just take a stab at it. And if I'm right, then you guys can all pay me like 20 bucks each or 100 up to you. Let's, um, let's say you got, uh, just like a Windows computer, you got different users, right? How about you have your phone, you got your number, you got, instead of swiping down in BlackBerry Balance, you actually have two separate Use two separate users with a different number and everything's all separate on one phone. Maybe that's that. That's my guess, but or my idea of something that puts it together one phone, but two devices in a way. That's my stab at it. Maybe explain a little bit more. He's talking so, about BlackBerry Balance, but open, more open to dual profiles. I could I could see something like that right now. On the device. It's cool because he's kind of blending, his concept is blending BlackBerry Balance and Movertu's work life into kind of one suite, one solution. So that's, that's cool. I, I could, see, I could be, see something like that happening, actually. What about you, Chris? What, what, could, what, would, what would allow a user, especially a BlackBerry user, to go throughout their day with their BlackBerry as their sole device? No need for that iPhone or tablet or whatever else you got. What could it be? Well, um, what about thinking of a kind of reverse of what you were talking about? Let's say if you do have two devices and you have an Apple device, you know, it happens. Um, Blend kind of works in a reverse way to actually have your Apple environment, your iOS environment being emulated on a BlackBerry device uh, through a Blend, through, you know, kind of a reverse type thing. That way you can carry that BlackBerry, but you have those same apps or whatever features that you have on iOS or Android, um, I guess, better connected. I think we're finally getting there, guys. I'm getting you to self-analyze. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I think, I think that's honestly what they're going to do, and I think they've got a potential to virtualize a little bit of iOS more than we suspect. I mean, look at CarPlay. Look what they can do that's already exactly what with I was Apple software. Up. I think uh, they may build uh, a specific workspace or something. What do you What do you think, Jube? Yeah, I was like Chris said exactly what I was thinking, and uh, I was going to actually use the example you just said as far as CarPlay. QNX is the you know embedded system, and you have all these uh, OSs on top of it. You know, who's to say they can't create that same environment mobily on some scale? So uh, it's a waiting game at this point, but. Um, It'd be exciting to see something like that. That'd be more of a game changer than anything else. That that it's 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 this 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 pyramid, you know. They're building their way up and refining, building to that user base. I mean, who needs who needs VPN authentication from a device? Like such a small small user base. When we look at us as general consumers, but there's a lot of enterprises out there who are, are rocking multiple devices. And if Blackbird can find a way to say like, look, leave your iPhone at home, it's still with you. You still have it. You know, I think that's that's going to be an awesome portal for them, and we're talking about serious service revenue. So, you look at Blend, you you look at some of the strategies they're laying in place now. I think we may see something as as Chris mentioned, uh, and as Jube mentioned as well. So cool to see Gladiator is not a device. <laughs> um, you know, you know, stuff's going to happen. We're going to see a high end all touch probably in 2015. So just wait, it's coming. Be patient. Be patient. It's worth the wait. But what if the what if this gladiator thing is like even beyond what you guys are saying? What if it's just like the entire you know machine to machine infrastructure that that goes behind working like what what Jube and, and Chris said, you know, projecting or ritualizing iOS in there, 
but it's the entire thing through a whole bunch of different devices, and it's not just specific to BlackBerry devices, but all devices, all the Internet of Things devices. That's why I think maybe this is this is what they're getting to. I don't think we're going to see a specific like blend, specific use type of software like that. I think it's going to be an overall infrastructure that we're going to see that that uses some of the software. I'd love it, man. They have a real-time microkernel that can do real-time messaging. So, mm-hmm. assuming the two devices are connected, you can interop- interoperate in such a way that it becomes seamless for the user. Is BlackBerry going to be the first to pioneer a truly secure cross-platform uh, connection point like that? They, they may be the only ones able to deliver it. <laughs> Just like they're the only ones able to deliver a, a keyboard like the Classic. So. Maybe Brandon's looking at it at a better and bigger, broader sense. So thank mm-hmm. you, for, thank you for that, Brandon. No problem. Every now and then I have, I have little so Yo, Black Blackberry's gonna get sent this upstream, and it's like, yo, you should listen to them. They're talking about some stuff, man. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear Alex's contribution. I want to laugh. Nah. Did you say you want to laugh? <laughs> <laughs> what you do you think? Alex, what do you think that. it could be, Alex? What do you think this innovative leave your iPhone at home type of uh, engineering Blackboard may be working on could lead to? Well, I mean, I know that Blend, they're going to end up having, like, Blend Premium. And they kind of mentioned, um, well, from what I read from various people, that you'll be able to use your iPhone. It'll be able to integrate stuff from your iPhone and your Android, and you'll be able to access all of that. So in theory, Blend works can work over the mobile network, so you can leave your iPhone at at home, just as I can leave my BlackBerry at home, go to work, and load up Blend and access my my Z10, Z30, my iPhone, my Android, anything like that. So really, um, as long as you can just get Blend Premium, then you really don't need, say, a device. And then it could go to the next point where you could just have like a tablet and then access your phone, and you could just bring your tablet with you or just really any computer. So <coughs> and I, and I, and I think Alex- it's Blend. I, I think it is Blend, too, but I don't disregard what Brandon has said, that Blend may go beyond mobile devices. It may go to cars. It may go to these connected machines as well in a broader sense. Imagine blending to a smartwatch, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, is smartwatch about- even a thing? Like, is there really a necessity at this point? Do you think it's going to be that's the, the thing that blows topic. up? Okay. <laughs> it's, I am it's, with you, I, I think it's... Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sims himself said he's interested about getting BBM on wearables. How do you do that? You do it blended from the phone. That's the easiest yeah. way to get it done. So That's whether true. it's relevance and whether it's interesting are two different things. So we'll leave that at that. <laughs> I want to move on a little bit from where we were, guys. Let's talk a little bit about the Boeing Black device, optimized for Bez 12. This is Boeing Black. They've been working on a self-destructing phone. Essentially, if you go in to tamper with it or try to root or kind of manipulate some of the data, it self-destructs. It breaks itself down on the inside. You lose all access to the data. What a move from Boeing. And it's like, what a move for BlackBerry. It's like the, the match made in heaven. Boeing already uses some of the QNX in their airplanes. And as well, they're using it in some of their security aspects in regard to Bez. What do you guys think about the integration of this it's kind of like a super secret can, spy device. Can I just say something? BlackBerry came out with so many cool things on that day and so many smart things to do with enterprise. Yet BlackBerry was the company whose stock went down and Mobile Iron was 6% up. 
even though BlackBerry took some of Mobile Iron's uh, uh, business and had a whole bunch of new things come down the pipeline that would push them even further. I, I just don't get the stock market sometimes. Just wanted to get that out there. It's a reactionary animal, my friend. They don't see the logic we see. <laughs> and all of our viewers watching right now are here, and they're like, yes, we get it, we get it. We're there with you. I mean, <laughs> Samsung Knox? Like, why is that even still a thing? It's almost... Ah, it. I wrote about it. I mean, gee, it was just hilarious how we have, like, the black phone and, <laughs> uh, running on Android, and uh, now we see this Boeing uh, you know, partnership happen, and it's... No, I know, James, uh, you mentioned this before. Um, technically now, the uh, black phone, it's going to be running on Bez 12 somehow. <laughs> That's the thing. The black phone doesn't, but Boeing's black phone will. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like now they're specifically making sure that it has that encryption layer with Bez. So, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. In that regard, it's like you know, Boeing can upset Blackphone very quick, very easily. In that regard, because they've got a higher level of security, the device is more secure. They hacked Blackphone in five minutes at Black Hat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just it's it's as, as Brandon's laughing. He, he's absolutely right. I mean, it, it is a laughable thing at that point. Uh, it, interesting, nonetheless, that Boeing is working with BlackBerry kind of top secret at this point, not much they can tell us. I'd love to get my hands on one and see what it's about running Android. I want to see what else it has kind of under the hood that can help. You imagine a Boeing Black with SecuSmart chip and Bez 12, that's a, that's a secure-ass phone. I mean, it's going to be wild. Speaking on kind of speculation on that, do you think that, because that, that Black Boeing Black phone came out in February, if I remember correctly, of this year, um, obviously, it's not really distributed to too many channels, but at least you think that we're going to see on a hardware side that a contribution between BlackBerry and Boeing on this device or on a device, or do you think it's really just going to be BlackBerry on services related, kind of just on that best 12? I think services, man. I, I honestly think that at this point, BlackBerry is looking at it, especially their enterprise, John Sims division, which includes BBM and enterprise. They're looking at the market despite themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they look at the market and it's like we have to be competitive even against ourselves, even against our own devices. We've got to look at the other revenue opportunities out there. And, and it's like they don't need to build a BlackBerry-specific device. It's not running the end-to-end -end necessities that you know the Passport or, or the Classic has where they've got the Qualcomm chip starting up a certain way, that they've got the OS microkernel, that they control all of that in an end-to-end -end way. The Boeing Black isn't going to be an end-to-end -end solution, but it is going to be a solution tailored for those in the space that need a device that is super secure, a spy phone. And the Passport isn't, you know? It's mm -hmm. pulling diagnostic logs on location and all this stuff. Ronell. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, BlackBerry's got a lot of patents and a lot of technology for hardware encryption, right? Maybe that's a key, a key part of it. Services and on top, you know, that contribution for... Um, getting that information all encrypted between, uh, you know, different phones, right, uh, on a hardware level, right? Um, that might be another contribution that, that they put forward with Boeing, right? It would, it would definitely be interesting. I think at this point Boeing wants to own all of that because they've got their own proprietary thing they want to do. I don't think they want to blip BlackBerry in so much right now, but if, let's yeah. say, they want to take that extra step and go to QNX, then maybe they may work with BlackBerry to more you know, completely unify that end-to-end -end solution. 
Right. Ultimately, I'm, I'm just glad that they're looking at Bez. They have the forethought to be like, look, Bez is what we need to be able to manage this thing securely and be able to control that data at rest and in motion. So cool stuff there. Jubase yeah. hopped off, but I did want to move over to our, our channel Q&A. So while he's getting that ready, let's move over, talk about BlackBerry locking down the SecuSmart acquisition. Again, in, yes, go for I it. Said, so I was just on the Boeing website. So uh, we all know Boeing to make planes and everything, right? And spaceships. But they and spaceships, but they also are in defense, space, and security as well. And mm -hmm. they are one of the contractors for the Canadian Department of National Defense. So mm -hmm. we're already a part, or BlackBerry is already with the government, right? So now we're looking at maybe BlackBerry expanding into providing security for even deeper intelligence. We're not even talking about phones. We're talking about air security or something like that. That that's another... That's the thing. I mean, QNX has already been working with air traffic control. It's, it's already installed on their planes. It's already... It's it's such an integrated experience already. I mean, if you go back to the article I wrote, The Resilient Empire, I mentioned Boeing. I mentioned Networks as partners for them. It's just a logical progression to get big partners on board for things like this. I mean, uh, ultimately, I think if we look at it going forward, they may want to collaborate. Imagine BlackBerry offering up some of their keyboard even onto a QWERTY-type device built by Boeing. There's a lot of opportunities for them. I think at this point, Chen's kind of leveraging all of them to begin starting those relationships right now. Yeah, definitely. It's good stuff. I, I, I'm glad they locked down SecuSmart. I don't know why the German government had any kind of question about it. I mean, yes, do your due diligence, make sure it's not being abused, but awesome that they've locked that down. Chris had mentioned, you know, we hadn't seen anything officially, so to speak, in regard to that partnership and what BlackBerry is offering. It would be cool to see if they bundled the SecuSmart chip and or services into some kind of offering for enterprise, maybe a platinum tier of Bez 12. You get Bez 12, you get a smart chip in the device, you get all of that kind of stock. They were selling those phones for what, like 2K with the SecuSmart chip? I mean, now they have put that in a passport and how much is that going to cost me, you know? 2500 I mean, there's a lot of money to be made there, I believe. I, I have a question just because we're talking about security on the mobile devices. We all know um, Barack Obama probably has the most secure BlackBerry on the world, on the planet, right? Can we all be in accordance with that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering, why, like, what type of stuff... Why can't they just sell, like, super secure Blackberries like that? Like, equivalent to like what the president has. So how can it be connected to the internet? So he, let me let me answer some of this. There was an interview done by uh, the NSA, the man who actually built the BlackBerry for oh, Obama. Yeah. Oh. Basically, they took everything out. They took the Wi-Fi adapter out. They took the microphones out. They took the camera oh. out. It works only on one cellular <laughs> band, and it's a secure band. Only for emails, basically. Mm, oh yeah. So yes, it's his. It's his BlackBerry, <laughs> but they literally neutered every BlackBerry thing about it. You know. Oh, okay. It's All it's right. mainly the form factor that he didn't want to give up, and it's that QWERTY. You know. Yes, it yes it probably has some kind of software as well that's BlackBerry's, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's totally custom. They removed mm. so much out of it because it could be a threat potentially. So. What's close out here, Jubei? Uh, do you have our BBM channel feed up on your end? I do, but um, while I pull out some of the questions, maybe Alex could talk a little bit about that BBM update. 
Yes, I thought you'd never ask. Okay, so, <laughs> so I, I actually urged some people, and I know a lot of people did not update to the last BBM update, not the one that just happened, I think, yesterday, but the one prior to that, because the problem was stickers was default, um, and that's kind of a problem if you're mainly an emoticon kind of person or if you have some really ugly sticker packs most recently downloaded. So if it defaulted to your stickers and you're already on an ugly sticker pack, then that's just taking away your emoticon support. So, with the help of uh, Jeremy, who never comes on this podcast, but... Why is Jeremy... (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy's like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm going to bring Grayson on, our youngest Blackberry member. (laughs) We're going to see him. Jeremy, we we do want to see him. We want to... Maybe New Year, maybe 2015. Go on, Alex, I'm sorry. So, I, I updated BBM this morning, and then I messaged him, and I noticed that stickers were still default. So I complained in the upstream chat real quick, stickers are still default after this update, blah, 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 getting all mad. And then Jeremy said, well, they're default, but they made a change to it where it's a little bit more predictable now. I was like, well, what'd they do? He said, when you start typing a message, then it will automatically default to emoticons because it assumes if you're writing a message, you're not going to just send a sticker in the middle of your message because stickers are totally, it sends as a separate message. So it assumes you're going to be using an emoticon. So I think that's pretty smart, actually. If you don't have anything typed out and you click the emoticon button, chances are you're going to do a sticker, whereas if you start typing something, then chances are you want an emoticon in there. So if you're one of the people that just sends an emoticon by itself in a message, a workaround for that now is just click space once and then click the emoticon button and it will default to emoticon. Um, or... You know, you can just click the emoticon button, and then it just click the emoticon button these are, again. These are, these are pro tips, guys. Yeah. Inserting a false space in your message so you have easier access to emoticons. You're either desperate or highly <laughs> in, 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 what's the word? In, ingenuitive? That's not a word. Ingenuous? I want to use $10 words, James. Thank God Brandon's here. Yeah, I think it's the right solution. I know some people might still be mad about it. But realistically, I think I will start using stickers more because of this, because I would sometimes just do a quick emoticon, um, and that would be my message. But really, that is the point of stickers. So the only way they'll start using stickers, BlackBerry, I want you to hear this, you need to just have a recently used sticker thing. So like it'll list 20 of your recent used stickers, and it'll default on that. Because then I will tell you, I tell you, I will use more stickers with the changes you made, and I will be happy with the changes that you made up to this point, if you do this, is the last thing in my eyes. But how, how does that get you to buy more? If, or just less or Because if I'm using more stickers, then I'll buy more stickers. I think what they wanted to do is put a shitty sticker at the front end, so you're like, god damn, I gotta buy one I like, so that that's the actual default one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And with that, we're going let's, with the let's not harp on, let's not, let's, yeah, let's not harp on them too much. They did fix it for us, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's um, up, GB? What's going on our BBM channel? All right, so uh, some of the uh, conversations going on on the uh, BerryFlow BBM channel have been discussed already. I'll run through a couple of them. One of the things from Frankie uh, asks, if we can talk about the $150 price for that holster that was advertised, um, and I, I think it's for the Passport? Yes, I can speak on this. <laughs> Anyone else want to, or? 
<laughs> so I, I heard about this prize. Blaze and I were talking about it. It's probably not right at this point. You gotta you gotta realize. I think it's only available on Shop Blackberry Canada. Give it a little get a give it a little while. There's a couple other passport accessories still coming out. Hold out. Don't buy it at 150. I mean, come on. <laughs> Use your brain. <laughs> if anything, you're gonna get an aftermarket on eBay for like 70 or 50. Well, I've heard that the pricing is supposed to be around there, not at the 150. It was more of a wholesale price. Hopefully, we get an official confirmation on that. Maybe I'll reach out to PR, see what they can tell us on that regard. Um, don't buy it just yet. Hold out for a little bit. Make sure the pricing is actually correct before you have to get a rebate and send it back and get your refund yeah. and buy another. What was the holster for? Passport. $150 for wow. the Right. Yeah. Um, Edwin you can, R. You can get a CDO one for 30 bu- 50 bucks. <laughs> right? What's Edwin say? Edwin R. says, uh, what's the deal with Windows channels? I'm not exactly sure what he is referring to. I know He's referring a- as to why Windows has every other feature, timed messages, BBM retraction, but does not have BBM channels. Why? Probably because they want to make it look good. <laughs> um, they're working with the Windows UI. They've got to make it fit that aesthetic. They don't just want to slap it on there. We're they waiting. A hint at the possibility of a major BBM channels. Oh, upgrade. very true. Very, 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 very true. That's a good point. Know, instead of just tacking on for Windows, there's something happening that we're not aware of overall, like a, a channels overhaul. And uh, they can't bring in channels as it is to Windows, so they're probably going to unify the experience and just change channels all collectively. If you're a fan of the rumor mill BBM channel, they did mention that these features were coming. Better ways for channel mods to post, new ways for channel mods to interact with their users in group-like chats on their channel. So yeah, there's probably something coming. I mean, this thing hasn't been updated in two years. It's, it's, it's bound to happen. I mean, it's, it's a long time coming. Blaze is still begging for uh, <laughs> the ability to post on BBM channels through Blend, but you can't. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of little holes here. They obviously made priority choices on some stuff. It will come. Give it time. Not at the top of the totem pole right now. we got a lot of other fish to fry in terms of financials. Oh, what else, yeah. Uh, BG says, what is uh, the new software to be released in June? We already talked about that. Um, we don't have uh, any idea. We only have what Chen said about a revolutionary uh, software coming. Um, we can only speculate, but we will wait and see what uh, NWC coming up and uh, CES coming up, more or less. Yes, yeah, scroll back. We tossed out some concepts. They all led to the same endpoint, you know, where we think it's going to be. So listen back on that. Aven from uh, Canada says, what are some of the reasons for the delay software for 10.3.1 in, in February? Okay. And again, because I think we talk about this every week. There was never a delay. There for, was never uh, a delay. Never there a was delay. never a delay. So uh, I, I'm not sure exactly where that came from. But, why, is it um, taking so fucking, why is it taking so long, you know? Brandon, Brandon starts drinking. He's like, like well, he starts swearing and slurring. <laughs> you know, people, people are getting ticked off, man. Just like release it all. I can see you puffing on a cigar. Why is it taking so long? <laughs> oh gosh. So like, look. Uh, I'll say this. I said it last stream. I said it the stream before. I'll say it again. Ten dot three dot one was to follow the classic, not come along with. You got to look at these carriers. They're on their own release schedules. They've got their own devices. It's not all about BlackBerry. If anything, it's very little about BlackBerry because they've got such a poor presence in the market right now. 
building that back, building back devices that they want to support. Why didn't Verizon push the Classic? Well, why didn't the, the Verizon push the Passport? Because they were probably waiting for the Classic, because they know. And he throws. <laughs> <laughs> because they know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to uh, the next one. Uh, Nick Coe on the BBM channel, he says, when is video support coming to channels? That is an incredible long shot, uh, Nick. Um, we're still waiting for basic updates for channels as it is. I think uh, people are more anticipating video for... Multiple admins, too. Right, uh, for just BBM in general, for cross-platform BBM. So... Um, no idea, but I'm going to say that's probably on the lower end of the totem pole for BlackBerry right now. So I'm, I'm going to get my hopes up uh, for anything anytime soon. They, they've got that Zoom partnership. I wonder if there's something with BBM Premium that may bring that to us in some type of sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I have a uh, person. He doesn't have a name. He just has four gold stars. Um, I've heard of some new super device coming. Is this true? Not referring to the Boeing um, and the BlackBerry project. I have no idea what he's talking about, but I'm going to assume that um, the gladiator. misinformation that M4BB put out in regards to the Gladiator, which James, uh, I think, believe stated was bonehead post of the week. <laughs> so. Can we can we have? Oh God, we need to do that. We need to do that. Bonehead post of the week. We'll have uh, Dolan's favorite picture of the classic being held by skeletons. <laughs> um, we talked Frankie again. He talked about the uh, new software to replace the you know two devices. Um, so we covered that territory. Um, any news on uh, a date for Verizon? And so this Blackberry's is this is, this is a very 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 speculative date. But I've heard the seventeenth. Of January, mid mid January. Take that with um, take that take that with the whole shaker of salt, please. <laughs> Kevin uh, Babujian, I, I I can't pronounce the name too correctly. He uh, doesn't. He he can't Kevin. read. He can't read. <laughs> um, with a very great question. What are some of the features and improvements ten three one has over ten point three? Tell us, Alex. <laughs> He's not even here. Um, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to think. Jeez, so, I feel like we've we've been on 10.3.1 for so long that I forget that there even was a 10.3. Well, the 10.3 was just for the passport, and that's all. So 10.3.1, you get custom profiles for contacts. You've got some other additives in, in regards to some of what you can do, obviously, with the OS. Um, with 10.3.1 on Classic, you've got a couple more options, like trackpad sensitivity. You, you're not going to find that on the Z30 10.3.1. You've got Android support, which is improved, better hub integration on some of those Android apps, and as well on here, you can swipe down when you're in an Android application and choose one of three display styles. You have default, which is square, zoomed out, which is still square, and then rectangular, which is optimized for games. So that's new with 10.3.1. As well, there's a couple new uh, features in regard to the hub. You've got a couple more settings there. Ultimately, core refinements, they wanted to work with 10.3.1 to build in a lot of the legacy features that people were used to and bring them back in. 
with that as well, you've got in here in the settings a section for shortcuts and speed dials. You're actually able to go in and set up different keys to do different uh, things for you. So you can go to a blank key, set it to launch an application shortcut, quick compose a shortcut, speed dial to call a contact, and even do other shortcuts. So you can pretty much launch any app that you want installed on the device, any app, and set that to a specific key for long press and then launch. Really cool stuff. Again, working on some of those core refinements to bring that legacy user base comfortably over to BlackBerry 10. What else we have, Jubei? Uh, we have um, a question on a few people's mind. Is uh, The Classic has a desktop dock that's available for sale. Where's the love for the Passport? So, so we're going to get there. Chris, what point did you want to mention? Oh, I just want to kind of piggyback on what we were talking about with the OS uh, 10.3 and 10.3.1. Um, I have to say it's, it's uh, looking at it from the other aspect that you know 10.3.1 is really a classic OS that you know, a lot of us are running leaks. It's been adapted to other devices. 10.3 was for the Passport. It is amazing how even though the OSs seem like on the BlackBerry side, on the software side, is being forked to really handle these new devices. You know, we may see it next year if there is a slider phone in the works of some sort. It's the fact that these OSs are working, you know, pretty well on these other devices. It's just very refreshing to see that. I just want to make a quick comment on that. Absolutely. I cannot wait till Passport gets something optimized for it. The screen yeah. flickering on 1154 has my Santa hat going all, all awry. Uh, <laughs> Jubei, repeat that question from our, our channel group. It was in regard to uh, accessories. Yeah, the Classic uh, has a desktop um, dock. Where's the love for a Passport desktop dock? Are there, are they, are the, you know, are they interchangeable? Can you put the Passport in the Classic dock? Is there going to be some sort of version where you can have an adapter that can you can use the same dock? What, what's going on? <clears throat> so from what I've seen right now, there are two separate docks. One is better fit to hold Passport. One is better fit to hold Classic. Ultimately, it comes down to the arc at the back of the device. This is very squared off, whereas here it's kind of tapered and rounded, as you can see there. So the docks are built specifically for these devices. Could you fit a Passport into a Classic dock? Probably. Do you want to? Probably not. Um, it's going to be about 30 bucks. I think it's going to be 40 or 50 for the Passport one when it does come out. We're looking at some of the other accessories, hard shells, cases with stands for Passport, the leather holster. All of those have not actually been released. You may see it on Digital River, but BlackBerry hasn't officialized a lot of the pricing and, and the distribution for those products yet. Wait for it. Wait till AT&T officially supports the Passport, and you'll start seeing some actual accessories in uh, Shop BlackBerry. Digital River is run North American, so you're looking at them as the, their key focus points for actually putting out these accessories. I know it's also in Dubai and over in the UK as well, but wait for an official announcement on these device fronts. Um, Passport is not officially announced yet for AT&T, and that's very likely why no official accessories have gone out as of yet. So the last thing I think you guys already talked about was the people's interest now, now that it's been uh, rumored, these different um, classic, BlackBerry Classic devices, different colors. When can we anticipate it? What colors? What do we uh, are going to see these? So, oh, sorry, I'm playing with my hat here. Uh, 
about a month later, honestly. That's, uh, that's what we're looking at, right? When these devices officially land on these U.S. North American carriers, that'll tell us that the passport has been distributed in a lot of the locations that it's going to be primarily focused on. Once they've gauged those numbers, then they're going to look at bringing the device over. Passport was the same way. They got to sell it first, see how it runs before they slap some paint on it. Classic is likely going to be the same exact thing. Um, I don't know what and if anyone else has any ideas or impressions on that, but I expect they're going, to, they're going to gauge it real time. You said there's going to be a bronze. There might be a bronze classic. A bronze, silver, so, and blue. So, so could we say the bronze is actually kind of like a like a champagne? <laughs> Supposedly it was there, and Chen was showing it off. Um, I posted a, a picture on our BBM channel of of it's actually Chen sitting at the Q and A, and he has both the passport holstered and the classic holstered. And supposedly in those holsters were some of the colored devices. Supposedly there was a back booth, and they were showing off some of the colors. I was not fortunate enough to get to see that myself, but supposedly some people were seeing them there some key members of the media and, and, and public fan base. Um, I've heard, honestly, that the blue is not too attractive, <laughs> but the bronze is quite attractive. So um, I like blue myself. I, I, bought I think, blue Brandon, uh, I think James missed your... Uh, yeah, I know. Come right over his head, you know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, champagne, I doubt it. I don't think it's going to be a champagne color. I think, <laughs> I think bronze is very coppery. Yeah. Do you think I mean, uh, do you think uh, Drake will probably get like if if the bronze came out? Do you think it would be fit for Drake or who? Like a Drake. <laughs> <laughs> we say, we say Drake like everyone knows. <laughs> what was his uh, what was his name on Wheelchair Jimmy? Yeah, Wheelchair <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> the Grassy, that's right. <laughs> Another he great Canadian. He runs the game right now. He runs the game right now. We got to give it to him. I know Jubei hates this. I know Jubei hates this. <laughs> He'd rather a little Kim rock the game. A Jewish, uh, Jewish Canadian running hip hop in America? Please. <laughs> it's so he's far from. from he's from. He's from like the richest neighborhood too in Toronto. That's how you know you're a Canadian rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm just glad Bieber doesn't rap. To be honest. <laughs> He will soon. I bet you. Guaranteed. Once all this stuff blows over, he's gonna come back and start like rapping and stuff. So I want to give you guys a little bit of a preview here as we close out. I mean, we've gone on about 15 minutes too long, but we're gonna we're gonna push it a little bit longer here. I just want to talk about my experience in New York a little bit. There's gonna be a full write-up. You know, I love it for from the editor's desk. Uh, on my my actual trip, my one week in New York. Um, but Jubei and I, we, we were keeping tallies of the devices we saw, and it was 13 bold 9900s in the wild. I mean, even on my way to the event, sitting to my right on the subway, someone with a 9900, that shit was dead. He did not charge it the night before. Shame on him. He's going to have to charge it at the office. Uh, by the next way, on a side note here, when James says um, Jubei and I were counting... He really means James. <laughs> James counting. <laughs> he was counting vicariously because I was continually giving him updates on these numbers. Yeah, you were. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so on my right, someone with 9900. On the way to the event, on my left, someone with a 9900 on the way to the event. And I'm sitting here with a cracked passport, and I'm just like, why? I can't evangelize with this. But um, so 13 9900s, we saw two curves, we saw three Q10s. 
And as well, we saw one passport. I saw a passport in the wild, guys. I was, was mind blown. Like, um, Rockefeller Center when we were just mm -hmm. in the uh, the tree and you know the ice skating rink. And, and I'm the kind of guy who has like no filter. So I'm like I'm the guy who's like sees you on the street and I'm like passport, ninety nine hundred, and people are looking at me like what? What is this? But no, I say I say passport to the guy who has a passport. He looks back odd and then he smiles. He's like oh yeah, he knows what I got. <laughs> so. Cool to see that you know New York, you New York. I don't know what I just said. New York is like a business town. Jubei kind of hammered that into my brain that it, it's a town of people who got to get stuff done. And and really the classic is like that quintessential device for them. I really hope it does well overall. There's definitely a lot of users, especially in Toronto, New York. Those key demographics that I think are really going to appreciate the device being in market. And hopefully, Ronell will be able to get to sell a bunch of those out to people because. Uh, uh, it's a good device. It comes in at a good price as well. For 50 bucks, the difference between the two, which do people go for more often, Ronell? I mean, I I'm curious that, I mean, for 50 bucks more, I say get the Passport. It's more future-proof, better specs, bigger screen, more innovative keyboard. Mm -hmm. Is that what you see? Do pe more people who are interested default over to a Classic, or do they default over to a Passport? Again, it goes back to... Um size that that's really the only problem if you if we if blackberry brought up a passport that was just as um wide as the classic you have another blackberry winner just like that the only thing that customers have an issue with with the passport is the the width the the width of it that's it that's what i've noticed and i mean people who can deal with it they get the passport and if they can't deal with the width then they get the classic and that's pretty much how it's, it's, it's looking like, in my opinion, I should say, yeah. And it's funny, because that's like my favorite part about the classic, the width. Chris, yeah. you, have a, you have a passport, correct? Yeah. How do, you, do you have any problems with it in regard to use or the size, or is it too big for you? It, it's a little bit on the verge of being too big, but it's, I mean, I've adapted to it. I've been using it now for almost two weeks now. And I, for the constantly, I kept saying I was going to get a classic, but with that Black Friday deal that was going on, it would be insane to kind of not take advantage of it. But I think it was—I think it's a great device. And the classic, I'm—I I'm, would love to get one in my hand as well. We'll go get some drinks so you can play around with it, Chris. I—I <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I, I mean, it's—it's—it's no it's, 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 it's a very—it's a very classy device. I mean, it looks great, feels good in the hand. This soft touch, a lot like the Z10 and Z3 before. I love the classic branding, the full metal body. Ronell's got his as well, the trackpad. A little bit smaller. Jubei was a little bit uh, hesitant on that. Seems yeah, kind of like, it was like a, 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 a non-selling point for him. Um, yeah, I, I posted the uh, a shot of the classic. I you know, obviously had it because James had it, and we were here together. Um, got to fool around with it plenty. Some people were asking me what I liked about it, what I didn't like, and... Surprisingly enough, the trackpad was a little small for me uh, compared to uh, my older curve, compared to the 9900, the trackpad is small. And naturally, when I hold my Q10, when I hold uh, my uh, Z30, the, my natural thumb placement is in the center of the device whenever I want to swipe uh, up and out of an application. So what's there 
while I'm holding the classic, it's the trackpad. So I catch the trackpad a lot when I'm trying to swipe up, and so the app doesn't close out. I hit this, you know, the trackpad. So that's uh, some of the uh, minor issues um, with using it. Um, it's such a great thing, though, that I don't have to touch the screen at all to use the device. And uh, quite the opposite, too. You don't need to use a tool um, belt at all to access you know, everything you need on the device. So that helps. But that is one of the minor issues that the trackpad was smaller. It doesn't light up. And yeah, it gets kind of gets in, a, in the way of my natural, uh, you know, I got to shorten my uh, swipe from the bottom. So just well, kind of catch the bottom of the screen and swipe up. You say the swipe up, but isn't part of the purpose of the tool belt the fact that you don't need to swipe up anymore, per se? You can yes. what, hold the, yes. that button. Thank or... you. Thank you, Alex, for making yeah. sense of it. You is just he's finicky over small points. I mean, the, everything yeah, I, everything else lights up, so it's like that small unlit section in the middle of the phone. That's the trackpad. <laughs> well, I think it's mainly for people. Not I don't. That's the thing. I don't think it's really mainly for people coming from the Q10. They assume if you're on the Q10 and you like the Q10, you've already got you've already adapted to the to BlackBerry 10 paradigm without needing the trackpad. This phone is totally built for people who are on legacy that need to just switch over. And they're too much of a baby to try out the passport in the Q10. I'm going to print that for the next uh, Berry Flow article. <laughs> Legacy users are too much of a baby to switch over. <laughs> Stop being a puss. Now, Jube is right, though. He mentioned earlier in the upstream that uh, I was swooning over his Q10. There is something about that size, that form factor. It's small. It's petite. It, it's... It's a nice freaking device. I'm sorry. I mean, I've had I've had a Dev Alpha C for a while, and it's boxy. It's not as comfortable in the hand, but man, that Q10 is something. And and Jube mentioned it's kind of like its own like piece of history now, because now that we have the trackpad, we're probably not going to get a Q10 too, or or a follow up with better specs. Yeah, kind of I mean, like we that, that one time. Yeah, well they, we know they're not making any more Q10s. Is it possible that this is the only Q10 device that's going to be made like this way? Who knows, man? It's kind of like the Passport is, is a giant Q10 in, in some regards. Um, so, yeah, I wonder, is are they going to put the time in on it? It's very interesting. I like to mention as well that um, you know, BlackBerry as a device maker offers more form factors and options for their users than any OEM. I mean, you've got the Fablet, you've got the Fablet QWERTY, you've got the AllTouch, you've got the you know the, the mini AllTouch, you've got so many so many different variants, anything for your fantasy and the QWERTY options that they have. They have a QWERTY AllTouch, they have a innovative QWERTY touch enabled device with the Passport. Now they have the Classic with a tool belt and touch screen and full keyboard. They really got a full array of uh, form factors for users, so it's positive to see at least that they're not skimping in that regard. They're building a device for every single user. Um, just interesting overall. Vernell, what do you mean, say what you won't? You think, uh, you think, you think Z10 users are really going to like the Classic? Um, yeah, you know, surprisingly, I, I would think so. I mean... I don't know too much about because I'm not on the Z10. I'm Passport, and I was I came from the Z30. But like some Z10 users, like if actually now that I think about think about it, the first BlackBerry that came out after the Bold was re-released was the Z10. So a lot of people who wanted to get a BlackBerry, you know, 
BlackBerry is coming out with a new innovative keyboard that's on the on the touch screen. A lot of people jump to that. So now I can see why a lot of Z10 users would switch to the Classic because they didn't have another upgrade afterward after their 9900s, right? So I can see a lot of BlackBerry Z10 users or Q10 users moving back to the Classic, right? That's pretty logical, I would I would think. That's the thing too for for people who bought like the Z10 two year on contract, we're looking at refreshing some of those contracts, and as part of that cycle, the classic is right there, the passports right there as options for them. So def- definitely cool to see that they've got some outlook and opportunity. Look forward on Berry Flow. We have a full review of the BlackBerry Classic coming sometime next week. As well, you'll have it from the editor's desk from me on my trip to New York and a little bit of the impressions. Jubei's got some funny stuff uh, interlaced in there. He and I uh, show up a, a AT&T representative, show him, school him on the BlackBerry Passport and Classic. Uh, he, he had a 9900 as well. Uh, good, good stuff overall on the trip. Got a lot of uh, feedback from uh, different aspects of the people there and as well uh, on the devices. So I really appreciate having everyone on as always. We have Ronell, Jubei. Brandon had to fall off, but we have Chris and Alex as well. Appreciate having you guys on. Peace out. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone silently chucking the deuces like you. Same, same difference. <laughs> 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 anyway, guys, until next week, take care. Later. Later. Peace out. See ya. Rep it. Rep it hard. <laughs>